You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 109 called Productivity EdTech Throwdown and the Educator Metaverse. In this episode, we'll go head to head in a brand new EdTech Throwdown, each sharing three productivity tools we've been using, then deciding who has the best selections. We'll also jump head first into the Educators Metaverse as we discuss at 3educators.com. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to be here for this episode. This is the first time I think that we've done our EdTech Throwdown, uh, which we do oftentimes when we're in person in front of people at a conference or on a Zoom call. Sometimes we do them there, but this is the first time we're recording one for a podcast. So uh, I will just throw this out before we get started that this episode will also be published on YouTube just in case uh, we don't mention it later, but we'll be published there because we are going to share our screen a little bit today, but I think it will work just fine as a podcast as well because normally we go over EdTech tools and we, we say a lot about it, and that's what we're going to do here today. But before we get started, Nick, how you feeling? I'm feeling all right. I, I need this year to be over. It's been it's been quite a, a drag. We've been dealing with lots of lots of big changes, tough getting back. And I know all educators are feeling that way. And today, especially, the weather is like about as gloomy as I've ever seen weather be. But this episode is kind of like a bright light in my day because we're talking about. I'm I'm nervous to talk about it because it's so out there. But at the same time, it's exciting because kind of for the same reason. It's so out there that it is just exciting to talk about. I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll let you kick it off. Actually, before I let you kick it off, I'll contribute pretty much all I know about it, which is <laughs> we're talking about how education is beginning to take advantage of the metaverse, which I know most people haven't even really had the chance to wrap their heads around yet. And you're probably saying, I can't, I can't handle that in my classroom yet, but just slow down. It's okay. We're going to explain it to you the best we can, knowing that we're all kind of still in this learning process. Yeah, it's it's really exciting, first off. I mean, I've been dabbing in NFTs and cryptos for a while now, but to say that I'm a pro, that would be highly miscommunication to everyone. I am not a pro. In fact, I'm hoping that we could get somebody on here that could maybe teach us a thing or two and teach our listeners a thing or two about the metaverse. But I'm going to try to explain it the best that I can in a very vague way. And then uh, after that, you know, we'll kind of move into our EdTech throwdown. But I know a lot of people are nervous about the metaverse. When someone says the metaverse, it's like, oh, I can't I can't do that. I can't adapt to that. I can't change to that. I, I don't want that to come in. You know, we do this all the time when there's big change. But really, there hasn't been a significant change to education since the internet, really. I mean, that's the last huge one. You could say that one-to-one programs, like one-to-one Chromebooks, things like that, that was a big change too. And that would be fair, but think of the internet. When the internet came, everyone was, our worlds were rocked. The learning curve was slow at first, but once you got the hang of it, it was great. And 
And really, that was just Web 1.0, where you can read things online. People can publish things, you could read them. Then we went to kind of like a Web 2.0, where you can read, write, interact. The social media platforms came out, and we can interact with one another. So Web 3.0 is really, it's still the read, write, interact, but now it's more of a trust and verification system. So what do I mean by that? And without getting into it too much, there is something called the blockchain. And in my head, and I I'm, I hope I'm not too far off here, I just, me being a science guy, I think of DNA and all the little patterns that make up genes and things like that. I almost think of it the same way. The blockchain is a series of numbers, letters, whatever it may be. And those numbers and letters, a sequence of that is connected to something. So really you could put anything onto the blockchain and then a person owns that. All right, that is connected to them. That is theirs and no one else can take that away from them. That's kind of how I see it. So if we wanted to eventually put some of our work onto the blockchain, well, there it is, it's gonna reside in the blockchain and it's ours and you can profit from that. So basically, if you have a community of individuals, if you're connected within this space or this blockchain, you can add value to yourself. That that piece, if it's used, it could be a there could be a monetary value to that. So that's just one way to use it. But I mean, what the whole web three, you'll hear web three, what that's trying to do is make a space for educators to solve some issues. We've just been through a pandemic. What were our issues? You know, sometimes it's distance. Uh, and the other times it's access. Well, in the Web3, if people go to a web portal or a hub, well, that's going to eliminate the distance problem. And it's going to, because there are tools that live within this, this, uh, this space that could be shared, well, that might eliminate some of the access problems too. So I know I kind of went all over the place there. I'm going to share my screen real quick. And for those listening on the podcast, uh, this will be in the show notes. It's called ed3educators.com. All right. So here is the website. It's when you go to it, it is very avatar looking. I, I love the designs, but I don't want to get into NFTs, but I'm guessing that these are going to be the NFTs for the ed3 educator space. And on this website, it, it will show you how to join the Discord and follow on Twitter. It talks about how education has been stagnant for 100 years. We've been, we made school in order to prepare people for the industrial era. Um, and our education infrastructure was really built to produce factory workers. And now it's time for a change. And that's what it's pushing for. And basically on this there are two different aspects that we want to take a look at the impact that web three can have on educators and the utility that web three will bring to educators. So right now they talk about an ed three DAO and the eduverse, uh, the ed three DAO is where educators can go and really innovate and make decisions in education together as a community. And the Eduverse is a free metaverse space for educators to connect, collaborate, learn, and earn. So think of online conferencing or doing online events all in the same space. Uh, the second impact or second thing that we need to look at is utility. When we talk about NFTs, those are non-fungible tokens. When we talk about those, 
uh, I typically think of a Pokemon card because to me, that's what they look like. And that Pokemon card has a value because it could be used in certain ways. And that's the utility of it. So if you would buy one of these NFTs, you would be able, that would be your ticket to one of these ed conferences in the metaverse. All right. So this is a pass into conferences, workshops, and you can get these things called social tokens, which are worth currency. It's a currency. All right. So I encourage you to go over to ed3educators.com because it's going to be able to explain this a lot better than I have. And I know this is probably a poor job, but I wanted to introduce it today because we are hoping to get somebody on that knows far more than us about this. And I think the the opportunity for educators is just amazing. Now, Nick, do you remember we talked about a website over COVID? It was called Gather Town. Yeah, it sounds like vaguely familiar. So Gather Town was or is a program that uh, you could share a link and you can have this meeting. And what it does is it allows you. So normally what we would do is go onto a Zoom meeting and have a meeting. And then you would have to set up breakouts and all that. Gather Town allows you to share a link. People are in this meeting and you're in a room and it might want, well, it could be multiple rooms. You could go outside, you could go into the game room or the billiard room, you could go over to a bar, you could go to the lounge where the ping pong table or couches are. They're, they're different areas. So if you wanted to have different topics going on, you would take your avatar on there and you would go to a different area. And as you approach people, in different areas, their audio and their video come up onto the screen. Did that make sense? Yeah, I I think, I mean, you were cutting yourself a little bit too short there. I think you're doing a great job of explaining this whole thing to people because it is such a, a new world and and I'm getting it from what you're saying. It's it's one of those things you, you really have to see it. So I would encourage everybody to like, you know, go to one of these websites, go to ed3educators.com, go to GatherTown and, and just look at what's there and you can get an image. I'll, I'll maybe add to it a little bit. I, you know, I'm picturing like me sitting in front of my desk at school. I have two screens in front of me. One of those screens is if you can picture like when we were kids playing maybe Super Mario Brothers, right? And you have your little character who's running around a map or a room and there's other little characters in there too except now those other little characters are other people other teachers all attending this virtual conference and like you just said when you get near someone your video feeds both pop up and now you can talk or you go into a room and a video feed that is a presenter who is presenting in that virtual room that pops up on your screen so you can listen to what that presentation is. So it's really trying to mimic what was happening in real life, except now you're doing it digitally. You can still walk around and move within this, you know, within this space. And that's, I think, a nice sort of a concrete way to visualize just one aspect of the, of the metaverse making its way into education. So uh, keep it up, man. You're doing a great job. Did, well, let me say this. Did it, did it make sense the way I just explained that? It makes sense to me. Someone that, that's out and about that never heard of this before, I don't know if it will make complete sense, and that's okay because it didn't make complete sense to me when right. I first looked at it. But if you go and you look at ed3educators.com, they have everything laid out there. And if you get onto their Discord, you don't have to, but if you do get onto their Discord, they have a lot, they have a great community there. There's over 500 educators there. And 
they share resources. Some people are writing blogs and it really starts making this complex topic a little bit more simplified. But what I did is I joined the Discord and I happened to be in there and they're like, does anyone want to test out GatherTown? I've already tried GatherTown before, but they were explaining it to me uh, that GatherTown is kind of like the prototype for the metaverse. They're going to build something separate, but GatherTown is kind of there for a prototype. And, you know, it was really cool because I was in there with a couple other people and uh, one of the co-founders of Ed3 Educators, Vritti, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She's phenomenal. She's very, very patient with me as I asked. 30,000 questions. And there are two other people in there. And we kind, of, we kind of went around and we took a look. Like if you picture a conference, pick one of the big conferences, it doesn't fetch or fet, I mean, or uh, any of the big ones. You go into this big conference uh, place and you have an auditorium where maybe the keynote speaker, well, guess what? They still have that in this virtual world. And for you, it's not going to be much different than setting up a Zoom call. And then you use your your arrow keys on your keyboard to move yourself around where you want to go. So what it does is it allows people from all over the world to come together at the same time in this virtual space and get value from one another. And I think that's amazing. And that's really what I wanted to take some time to just share because I'm very excited about it because I saw the value in it when I was just there with three other educators. And I think it's awesome. I think it's another way for educators to take their craft to the next level. But I also see this being used in the classroom in several different ways. You have Skype a scientist. Well, why not have five scientists there in five different rooms and the kids have a choice where they want to go and you can invite 10 different schools to that. The the opportunities with this are, you know, plentiful. You can yeah. really you could really push the educational envelope a lot further in this space and I'm I'm just really excited for it. And this is at the very beginning, so don't feel like you're so far behind. I would just take a little bit of time, take a look at the site, take a look at some of the resources they have out there such as uh, YouTube videos and things like that. And I, I think you're going to, your brain's just going to start running wild a little bit and you're going to be able to figure out how you would use this in your classroom. Yeah, I would just, you know, my, for me, the takeaway here is this is extremely, extremely new. You know, we were still training, uh, at least I was, a, another teacher in our building this week just on how to use their email properly, right? So we're there are still a lot of people living at that level of technology this is like the complete other end of the spectrum. You should feel no pressure whatsoever. However, it's it's really cool. So I would encourage everyone to just kind of dip your toe in the water. Go to ed3educators.com, check it out, see what's there. Uh, if you really want to learn more, it's just going to take, like uh, guys suggested, maybe join the Discord, start asking people questions. Uh, we have some Twitter accounts that would be really great to follow. One of them is at the tech rabbi. Uh, Michael Cohen is deeply involved in this world. Uh, Ed3educators.com itself has a, an account you can follow there as well. It's at Ed3educators and just sort of beginning the process of, of learning what this is. Later down the road will come a lot of the more concrete application stuff. And, um, you know, you'll just be a little bit more uh, ready for it when it happens because I think it's coming eventually. So 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's a great way of putting it, but I just want to also share this real quick. When we first brought in Chromebooks into the one one program, we had teachers that struggled just throwing up a presentation into the classroom. Right. In a more traditional style classroom. Well, when we brought in the one-to-one Chromebooks, the trainers didn't teach them everything, like everything that ran that classroom. They just taught them how to set up a very simple presentation. And we did baby steps. Well, with this, this is a very complex system, but you don't need to know everything in order to get it to work in your favor in the classroom. So I am just taking everything that I learned from Ruthie uh, in that 25 minutes that she spent with me and uh, two other people. And my brain is just coming up with 4,000 different ways that I would use this in education, whether it's for professional growth or whether I'm teaching students or how students can even use it. So uh, I just think it's awesome. Make sure you go over, take a look. I think maybe we should get into our bulk of our episode, which is the EdTech Throwdown. And this is with our category, I believe, is productivity, right? This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. Yeah, let's let's come back down to planet Earth now and, and live where, where most educators are still living, which is just using tech. And one of the biggest areas of that tech, like you said, is product productivity. So our throwdown for today... We each found three tools. We're going to keep it light and we're going to present those. And at the end, if we feel like it, we'll try and decide who's our better or if there's maybe one or two that stand out to us. And hopefully along the way that uh, as you listen, there's a couple of these that you can pick up on. And I believe I'm I'm listed first here. Do you want me to kick it off? Yep, I will throw you in there and you could start uh, bringing up your first one. Yeah, so my first one is really cool. It's called Beeline Reader, and that's spelled uh, like the insect, B-B-E, Line Reader. This is actually a Chrome extension. All of mine today happen to be Chrome extensions. And I've been using this because, you know, these days I'm spending so much time in front of not just one computer screen, but right now and half of my day, I'm in front of three computer screens that are all linked together with different things up. You know, my grade book is on one my emails on the other and you're just constantly bombarded with this stuff and it was actually starting to like bother my eyes it was at the end of the day my eyes feel very tired and i was looking for some ways to combat that and this is a great one so when you download this extension beeline reader it's going to give you the option to when there's text on a website it's going to color code the end and beginning of a sentence in or not a sentence of of consecutive lines of the text right so if you're watching this via video on youtube you can see what it looks like and for our audio listeners i'm just kind of trying to describe it but imagine you know you're reading a line and towards the end of that line it starts to slowly fade to the color blue and then when you get to the end of the line and your eye drops down to the next line of text that next line of text is also that same color blue And the effect of that is it just makes it easier on your eye to track down from one line to the next. Actually makes a huge difference. I'm finding that I can read a little bit faster. It's a little bit less tiring for me to read through this text. The whole thing just seems a little bit less daunting almost. And it really makes a huge difference. Um, This is an extension that is 
changing constantly. They're always updating and adding new features all centered around making it easier to read. The other thing that you'll find they do is blur out any sidebar nonsense like ads or maybe things that the website you're on is trying to sell you or little menus. It, you can still see all that stuff and click and interact with it, but it's going to make it blurry or, or gray so that it doesn't distract you, which is also tough on your eyes. So Beeline Reader has been a great one for me. And I think it's uh, an important thing that people know there's stuff you can do to help yourself. What do you think about this one? I think it's awesome. I, I was the kid growing up that couldn't focus. And when, when I was reading a paragraph, my eyes would wander. So the teacher always had me take my folder and just see, cover up the whole paragraph except for the line that I was reading. So I think this is a great way to basically help those kids that need that folder over the rest of the paragraph. I think this will fit, you know, perfectly for that. So I'll give you a solid, uh, you know, A minus on that one. A minus is, is very fair for Beeline Reader. And I'll jump into my next one too. It is another Chrome extension called Go Conquer, C-O-N-Q-R. They have a website, goconquer.com, where you can check it out. But uh, eventually, you're going to want to add this to your, your Chrome browser. And this this is one for the students. I, we always like to make sure we, we hit on that because that's the main purpose of our, our podcast. And, and that's really what this is all about. So Go Conquer is sort of a unique space. You know, they call themselves a personal learning environment, which is always that kind of description is always vague to me because it doesn't really tell you any specifics. But you know what you can do in there it's it's a collaborative space it's an interactive space where you can share things as so much of this internet learning is built on and those things include stuff like mind mapping so if you've ever got any kind of brainstorming activities there's lots of ways you can create that mind map this would be another one along with that your students are going to have the ability to create flashcards to help them learn things dates formulas whatever else it might be um, you can see here, if you're watching the video of this episode, uh, some examples using math equations. It's a little, little like graph paper themed flashcards, and you can type in whatever you want on different sides and scroll through to quiz yourself and study. When you make some flashcards, you can share those with, with other students in the class. If you're the teacher, you can make the flashcards and then share those out with an entire classroom of students, an entire group of students, which is super helpful. Um, there's also like a upvoting, downvoting feature so you can see what flashcard sets are out there that people like and are very useful and other ones that people don't like. And, you know, the list goes on, like taking notes, study planners. Um, if you're in groups with people, of course, the, there's a, that resource sharing within the group. And a big one for me is the online discussion aspect of this because we, we have a lot of teachers who are still looking for the best way to do an online discussion. And there's tons of options. I think this could be a helpful one. So go conquer, check out those things and maybe share it with your class of students. If this is a, a need that you uh, could uh, maybe see fulfilling with something like this. <laughs> All right. That's what I think about that one. I, I really like the discussion piece. I love that it, it gamifies your classroom a little bit and it seems to be a very easy tool to use. So uh, I'm going to give you a B plus only because I wish that was my tool that I presented. Wow. Yeah. I mean, dude, the uh, sound effects, I'm going to need that more often as we record. Thank you for that. And uh, again, I'll take, 
my god. All right, nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna knock that off. Uh, yeah. But that was just to cover up some of that excitement on your end. Let's let's get into your third one. Yeah, I'm regretting saying that I like the sound effects. Let's see what we get now with my last one called Go Full Page. This is actually my favorite. Another Chrome extension with Go Full Page. If you've got a very long website, maybe a very long article, uh, you can basically screen cap that entire article, not just what's visible on your screen using the, the computer's screen capture button or function, but uh, everything. So even stuff that's not visible, it's going to capture all of that from the entire web page. And then when it captures that, it's going to give it to you in an editable format. That means you can like remove things. So if there's a picture you don't want or some ads that shouldn't be there or sidebar stuff that you don't need buttons, just kind of clean up everything. Um, you can then go in and do that. Once all of this has been edited the way you like, you have the option to download it and share it out from there. My preferred way to do this is as a PDF because then I can you know, post it for my students to, to work on and use in, in whatever learning management system we've got set up. So this is, to me, the most helpful because I'm doing this constantly. Just last week, I found a, a new lab that I wanted to try, but it was all typed out just like on this this person's web page. And I was trying to turn this or get this to my students in some form, but also change it so it fits my formatting and my, you know, my routines and my, our specific lab setups. So this was perfect. I used Go Full Page. I captured it. I edited it exported it to a PDF and it's in my Google Drive and I can push it out to my students and uh, it was just awesome. So this is a great one and I think it's probably the the most useful for for teachers. So check it out. Yeah, this one's this one's a tough one. This one's a tough one to beat for sure. I mean, you look at it, it has five over 5 million users and 60,000 five-star ratings. That Right. I mean, that's brilliant. It's an awesome tool. It's an easy tool to use, easy tool to learn, and it's uh, a Google extension found in the Chrome Web Store. I think uh, that is probably your best one in, in terms of just popularity on the uh, Chrome Web Store, but it's just, I would use this every day, yeah, almost every single day. So nice job there. I'm going to go ahead and hide your screen real quick. Uh, those are your three. They were a great three. I'm going to try to beat you. Uh, as I always do, I'm not 100% sure that uh, you're going to be able to handle mine. I'm just not sure. However, this ends up in the end as far as winners or non-winners. If you, we would like all you guys who are listening to this to kind of weigh in. And, um, you know, one of the things with our, our live version of this is that we actually ask the audience to vote in real time. We can't do that in a pre-recorded show, but... Uh, head to Twitter and follow probably the show is the best way to do it. So if you find at We Got Tech, let us know who you think won the Productivity EdTech Throwdown, and, and we'll kind of tally those up for our next few episodes. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. You're going to see my first one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like this one a lot. I use another service uh, called IORAD, which I really, really like, and I use them for some more of my complex cases of making visual tutorials and video tutorials of ways of getting things done. Uh, but I want to bring this one to your attention. It's called Tango. If you go to tango.us, you can see it, but it's also part of the um, Chrome atmosphere and it's free. 
All right. So the way that we would do this is we would it would take screenshots of every click that you make on your screen, and it would take those screenshots and allow you to type directions next to them. All right. So this is how it works. First thing you're going to do is turn on Tango and walk through your process. So it's going to capture everything. Every time you click something, it's going to take a picture and also um, basically describe what you have done. When you're done with that, you could go and edit anything that you want. So say that you're sharing uh, a document with student names on there and you don't want people to be able to read their names or look at their picture. You can select areas, blur them out. Uh, you can annotate with text and arrows and things like that, add text descriptions, and you could resize everything all in the editing phase, which is part two. And then part three is you share it, all right? You could use a link, you could download, paste, or embed, embed your whole workflow into your LMS. And that's pretty much it. It is very, very simple to use. It's for you. It's for your team. There's tons of use cases down there that you could check out. And it is free. So go check out tango.us. So Tango is awesome for a bunch of reasons. My favorite part about it is how these tutorials that you create are living documents. As technology changes over time, you can go back in and update them without having to like, you know, the comparison would be a, a video that you record that shows students how to do something. That video is out of date the moment you create it. And if, you know, if I'm creating something to show my students how to use Google Sheets to make a graph, Google Sheets updates a lot. And, you know, a couple years down the road, I might have to re-record that entire video to account for those updates. But in Tango, if you are exclusively using that and you're going to commit to it for, you know, an extended period of time, which would be pretty simple to do, you can just go back in and update the parts of the tutorial that have changed. And I think, you know, this would be very worthwhile if anybody is looking for a switch or maybe you've been creating tutorials for a while now and you're kind of getting sick of, of changing them and converting them to and, and updating them over time, this would be helpful for that purpose. Yeah, and I think I think that's the name of the game between Tango and even IRAD, which product I really like as well. I could use them interchangeably, but uh, we like to present different options and different choices for everybody. All right, so let's go into my next one. All right, so what I did is I created a Google Form. Think about how many times you make a Google form as an educator in your class, and you really wish that if someone answered a certain way, it would automatically notify you. Well, with this add-on, it's called Magic Cell Notifications, you can do just that. So we just got done with spring break, all right? And maybe as a teacher, I wanna know how everyone's spring break was. A lot of times I'm excited when they're excited, but I also want to be able to maybe reach out to the people that didn't have a spring break. Something happened, something went on, because those are the kids that you really want to bring up and that you want to try to talk to and see if you can uh, ease their pain in any way. So I just put, how was your weekend or how was your spring break here? And then in this dropdown, they can rate themselves. Epic, I rated a 10. I had a lot of fun. It was an 8. Status quo, I rated a 5. I had a below average weekend. I rated a 3. Worst weekend ever, rated it a 1. So maybe that worst weekend ever, I would like to um, make sure that I reach out to them privately or later on on the side of the classroom or before they leave for the period. 
and just, just check on them a little bit. And I'm not good at coming back to Google Forms unless I have to grade something. But if I could get an email notification, I check my email pretty much every session of the day. So after students fill this out, uh, the teacher can see the answers. So I just deleted any of the emails that I used. As you can see, two students said, one said epic and the other one said worst weekend ever. So this worst weekend ever, I want to get a notification. What you could do is you could go up to extensions and click add-ons, get add-ons and look for magic cell notifications. Once you have it, you just come back to add-ons or extensions and go down to the bottom and you launch magic cell notifications. Uh, what it's going to do is it's going to ask you to uh, enter the column or row or range that you want to look for a response. All right. So what I did is I put in C here and I clicked the column letter uh, is equal to and I put um, worst uh, weekend ever in there. And then what you do is you run this report. And when you run this report, you'll get an email notification in your email box, whatever one that you signed up with with this uh, product. And it's really that simple. It's very easy. And I feel like this uh, has a lot of different use cases. Uh, I, I could see me setting up some of my digital escape the rooms using this. If they type in a password and they get the right one, I know that they completed that escape the room or that puzzle or whatever it may be. There could be a lot of different use cases here. This may be my favorite tool of the day. I hate to give it to you, but man, this is just going to be such a, a game changer. For me, I could see using this as an exit ticket. So I just could continually use the same form, create it one time, set all of this up one time. And then just at the end of every class period, the students before they leave have to tell me or select from like a multiple choice question, you know, how they feel to have this lesson go. Do you understand? Do you have questions? Do you totally get it? And they get to submit that. And it means that I don't ever have to actually go in and look at those form responses. That is huge because I push out a lot of Google Forms and it's, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it is extra clicks. It's extra time. It's extra effort. You got to open the form up. You got to weed through, maybe export it to an Excel sheet or a Google sheet, depending on what you want to do. Um, but with this, I can just you know, set it up so maybe I get an email any for any students who indicate they are super confused. So if it's just one or two, I can address them individually. If half the class says, I am still super confused, I can see that automatically in my inbox without going into that form again. So, man, that's just awesome. I haven't used this before, but I for sure am going to start. All right, I'm going to head into my last one. This one is super new. All right, it is super new. This is kind of like a sneak peek almost um, of a, a new tool. It's called Web Reel. And I kind of look at this one as being the, I don't know, more organized or more visually appealing Wakelet. I love Wakelet. I love what it does. But Web Reel does what Wakelet does, but it makes it a little bit more visually appealing for me. Uh, I'll show you what I mean. Uh, so if we go down here in Wakelet, you can make collections and people can make copies of these collections and they could add to them. They could take resources out and you could add any type of resource that you possibly want, whether it's a URL, a picture or a video, whatever it may be, you could add it. 
Well, in WebReel, you could do the same thing. But one thing I like here is kind of in Reddit and some of the other forums, you can upvote it. Uh, I know one of the ones that I look at all the time and I upvote is Product Hunt. Uh, Product Hunt is where I find a lot of good technology. Uh, and you can upvote it. Well, here you could do the same thing. You can look at the whole collection. You could follow it. Uh, but you can see how many websites are in there, how many views it got, how many followers. And when you hover over it, you can follow it or you can learn more about this uh, collection. And as you go in, so I'll go to Flipped Learning Classrooms here, and I will go in there. It has an article on Flipped Classroom right away. And then there's a bunch of different resources down here, whether it's technology like Flipgrid that you could use or... Um, a collection of EdTech tools for the flipped classroom. But there's a lot of different things here. There's different products you can buy to support your flipped classroom. There's books and everything like that. If you really like a resource in here and you find value in that, well, you can go ahead and, and give it the thumbs up. If you think it's not a great resource, you could give it a thumbs down. All right, so it's, it's very cool in that way. Uh, you can keep going in and you can take a look. Here's a freestanding locker that you could buy off of Amazon and you can go in deeper. But I mean, I see these as collections, yes, but I could also see these as e-portfolios where students publish their work. I could also see them as choice boards or playlists where you tell the students, look, these are in, in rows of four you have to pick one from each row out of the 12 things that I give you, you have to read one from each row or you have to interact with one from each row and do a personal response. I could see many use cases out of this. Uh, and this is WebReel. I think it just looks very, very sharp. And uh, I'm interested to try it out. Yeah, this looks really great. Uh, WebReel is definitely going to be another place along with maybe Wakelet and, you know, Pinterest, if you're into that, where you can go to view these curated collections. Just in the little time that we've spent combing through here, I can see tons of great resources that other teachers have put together in the PD realm. And I can tell that this is something that I would like to put together for my students as well as maybe a, a spot to go for information. I like the look of it. If you go there to check it out, you'll see that all these collections, everything is put in these nice little circles. It kind of has a, a cool look to it. And like you indicated, I think over time, as this, you know, as the more and more people add to this, I think this is going to be a very valuable tool. I also think that wraps it up for this throwdown. I'm not sure how you want to conclude this, but uh, I definitely, maybe we can each pick like our favorites from the two lists. So I know for you, my favorite one is the the emailing tool that's going to give me automatic emails in my inbox based on certain Google form results. That's going to be huge. And I hate to say it, but that may be the top one overall. So if that makes you the winner, great. If I don't know if that's how we're doing it, but that's my favorite for sure. Uh, from my list... From my list, I think Beeline Reader, just because I have used this and I just know how much easier it's made reading stuff online. So that's going to that's gonna get it for me, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I, I really like your, your web page uh, clipper. I, I really like that one. So for me, that's something I'm going to add to my toolkit. But I, I think uh, the one that I just did, WebReel, is something that has a lot of potential for me to use in what I do in the day in and day out education world. So 
I'm I'm looking forward to interacting with that a little bit more. You know, like I said, I don't need a W here. I mean, I, I think you're suffering. I think you just, you you need one, <laughs> but I'm not going to give you one either. So maybe we could get. Uh, we'll put this on YouTube and we'll put it on our uh, podcast page and maybe we could get some people out there on Twitter interacting and, and seeing which ones they enjoy the most. Uh, and we could just determine a winner in that way. Let's give the W to the tools. So I'll give mine to Magic Cell Notifications. You give yours to WebReel. Maybe that makes you the winner officially. Maybe it doesn't. We'll let the listeners decide. But I think that wraps it up for this EdTech throwdown and, and pretty much for this episode too. Do you want to bring us home here today? can bring us home so if you like today's content make sure that you follow us you can follow us on any of the major podcast players you could go over to youtube search got tech the podcast and our channel will pop up subscribe there and you could also go to social media i'm on mainly twitter at guys got tech nick's at nick got tech and the podcast is that we got tech uh, nick also runs our social media when it comes to facebook and uh instagram so and same handles are there as well uh please if you like what you heard leave us a apple podcast review or just tell others about us uh, that's the best way for us to all learn and grow together we appreciate all the feedback and all the interaction that we get on social medias and uh, lately we've been talking to a lot of people face to face in conferences and that's that's awesome too so Till next time, check out some of these productivity hacks in this uh, version of our EdTech Throwdown. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.